We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live once again. It is the Field of 68 Best Best Podcast and Best Best Livestream. My name is Rob Doster. That gentleman you see on the other side of me is the one and only Jeffrey Goodman. Jeff, what's going on, man? How are we doing today? Oh, good, man. Like, we got games. Like, four games. I'm excited. Uh, excited to break them down again. And I don't know, just excited to have four games. It's like 70 degrees here in Indy. So my goal is when we are done with this, I'm going to get uh, uh, get out, take a walk downtown, see what the atmosphere is like uh, in downtown Indy right now, Rob. Where are the games today and which games are you going to? So I got the go-ahead, the big go-ahead. Remember how Warlock held the man down and he wouldn't let the man mm-hmm. go to eight games uh, the other day? Well, he's allowed the man to go to all four games today. So I'm excited. Now, I don't know how I'm going to pull it off. Where are they? So Banker's Life and Hinkle, they're about – it's probably about in and out like 20 minutes of a drive. you got to park in a garage right near Banker's Life, run to the garage. It's right It's right across the street. Get Drive to Hinkle. It's probably 15, 20-minute drive. Park in a garage at Hinkle, check in. It's a little bit of a process. So my thought was, here's what I'm going to end up doing today. I don't want to bore you, but um, I probably already have. So I'm going to go Oregon State Loyola, obviously. And then as soon as that game is kind of over, I will jump in my car and run and and go to Villanova Baylor. Probably end up missing the first, I don't know, usually you get there like the 12-minute mark. If I leave at the end of the Oregon State Loyola game, I bet I'll miss the first like eight or ten minutes. Same thing Villanova Baylor. If if, If the game's out of hand, I'll get out and go to Oral Roberts, Arkansas. If it's not, I'll wait till the very end and miss the first 10 minutes. Same thing with Syracuse, Houston. They're back and forth. Each one is back and forth. So it starts banker's life, Hinkle, banker's life, Hinkle. Not bad. Not bad. It would have been a lot easier for you if they just would have done baker's life, banker's life, Hinkle, Hinkle. But I'm guessing that they want to be able to sanitize everything and keep everything spread out. They clear everybody out. They clear every – even media – I don't know if they'll do it today, but you're supposed to leave and come back. And, and even you have a different wristband with a different seat assignment on it for the next yep. game, Hinkle. So, yep. um, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be fun. I mean, listen, nobody's ever done four Sweet 16 games in a day because you can't. You can't be in two cities on the same day. So I figured, you know what? 
if Warlock would let me do it, uh, I'm going to do it today and tomorrow. Perfect. All right. So before we get into the actual games and kind of break down the lines, I do just want to go over uh, the news that broke yesterday after we got off of the stream. Yeah. Uh, Shaka Smart left Texas to take uh, the the Marquette job. Wasn't the most surprising thing in the world. That was kind of uh, – there was a little bit of scuttle that that was the way that it was heading. Um, yeah. So what is your take on it? Do you think it was the right decision for him to uh, – to make a move, what, give me give me all the the insight that you have. I mean, it's easy, okay? Like it's a win win for both sides. Like Texas mm-hmm. wanted to fire him two years ago, but they couldn't because his buyout was too much, and uh, and Chaka needed a, a change of scenery, and and I think Chaka is is fortunate. I think we would both agree with that. When you don't win a tournament game in six years at a place that's a I don't know what Texas is. I'd say like a top. I don't know, 25, 30 job in America, probably something like that. I mean, there is some I think, serious, I think I think it's a little higher than that. The fans just don't care. That's 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 why it's that low. Uh, other than Matthew McConaughey, like most fans don't care. I I could and not to start this debate, but I could make the argument that the fans not caring is part of the reason that makes the job more appealing. You live in Austin, you have the Texas recruiting base, yeah. um, you don't have pressure, you can survive for six years without winning a tournament game. Um, it just, it's, there's the quality of life aspects of it are, uh, are, are pretty high. You have a, all the, you can make all the money in the world and you don't have the pressure or the stresses of, of coaching at other jobs. So that's just the, the argument that I would make for, but anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I, I just, again, I, I feel like if you're Marquette and I haven't been able to confirm this, but, but I've heard that Porter didn't really want it or didn't want to move this quickly. And Marquette just made a, a move with Chaka and I, like I understand if Chaka's got a name and and he did take, you know, he he listen, he took VCU to the from the first four to the final four. That was in 2011. He hasn't got out of the first weekend since that, right? Like he mm-hmm. he, he was he's never won a regular season title. And I'm happy for Chaka. Chaka's a good dude. I'm happy for him. I just wouldn't have made this hire if I was Marquette. I I would have probably waited for Porter, tried to convince him. Um it's hard in the middle of a, of, a, of a tournament run, too, to try to get a guy to lock in to another job. But I think he fit uh, a little bit better. And ultimately, again, I think it's a win for both sides as long as Texas gets Chris Beard. I mean, you know, like Beard, just imagine this, Rob. Rob, just imagine this. Chris Beard with Shaka Smart's roster this past season. Yeah, I mean, he'd be really, really good. Um, the big thing is going to be – there's a couple things that I'm worried about with uh, with with Beard at Texas and, and Shaka at Marquette. The first thing I would say is this, that um, I think that it makes more sense for Shaka to be at a place where you have to build some continuity and build and develop uh, a culture and a program because I think that's what the, Shaka's biggest strength. There's two things. One, coaching defense, and it's not just the havoc and the pressure stuff. He's really, really good at coaching like half-court defense. Go back and look at what Texas has done over the years while he was there defensively. He's a very good defensive coach, and he's really good at developing culture. Uh, We saw that at VCU. We saw it this year at at Texas. Um, I think that being at a place where he's not going to be recruiting just one and done, and he's not going to have to put such a priority on trying to get the Greg Browns and the Mo Bambas um, and the Jared Allens oh, and the players yeah. of that ilk is going to be something that's better for him. Because if you look at the uh, what he does best, it's building that culture, building that family atmosphere, and, and having guys that are there for three, four years. And the bigger thing is, if you're building a defensive basketball program, 
you want to have older guys that are bigger and stronger and more physical. That's part of the reason why uh, VCU was that successful as it was during his tenure. Um, I also think that it's probably a little bit easier to win in the Big East than it is to win in, in the Big 12. So I get it. It makes sense. Um, you know, like well, I, gets, I don't think – Listen, he, he knew – I mean, he knew the deal. Like, if you're Shaka, you know that you're going to be in the hot seat next year because you lost Abilene Christian. So get a new five-year start pretty much. Well, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it was. It's a because, no-brainer. Um, no-brainer. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Like he, For he him, it's the, the ultimate right no-brainer. For Texas, it was a little bit of a, of a probably a decision on, on their part, right? Like, and really, they – they kind of made their decision, you know, like Chaka knew what the deal was. So, like, this was such a no-brainer on every level. And I think Texas, honestly, was ecstatic that it happened. And they might have even told – Chris Del County might have even told Chaka Smart after the Abilene Christian game, hey, you know what? Go – listen, here's the deal. We like you. You're a good guy and all that. But why don't you go and try to get Marquette? Try to get something else. I think it's best for yep. all of them. It works. No, I 100% agree. Um, I think if you're Texas, the, the obvious answer here is going to be Chris Beard. Um, I mean, for all the like, we can, do we do we need to list the reasons he graduated from there? He was a manager under uh, yeah. under under um, Penders. Tom Penders yeah. when he was there. Uh, he's uh, like Texas through and through. I think the decision is basically going to come down to for him: um, does he want it or does he not want it? And you know, is it is it more important for him to be at a place where he's closer to family? Or to be at a place that I'm sure you've heard the same thing that he's told people that this is his dream job. So, um, at the end of the day, I think it really just comes down to whether or not he wants it. Right? It's going to come down to his decision. I think it makes sense for both sides. Is this the right time for him to go and take it? I, I, I don't know. If I was him, it'd be. Uh, it's 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 very hard to put yourself in the position. I don't think it's that hard. Here, here's why. Again. No, no. Here's I'm, I'm not saying it's a hard decision yeah. to take it. I'm saying it's hard for us to put ourselves in the shoes of Chris Beard when he's making a, a decision that doesn't have that isn't entirely about basketball itself. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of part of the reason is is like he's got he's got his daughters near him when he's in in Lubbock, and there's there, that there there are people where that matters more than being at the perfect job. So um, I yeah, he think can get a private plane. He, he'll make enough money. He can get a he can buy a damn private plane and, and get his daughters. Yeah. I was going to say, my, my my gut says he ends up taking it, which is a good thing for the University of Texas. Yeah, really I, I think the biggest question, hey, the biggest question is, is Beard definitely the guy from Chris Del Conte's perspective? Remember, we thought like UCLA would ultimately go after Beard before they hired Mick Cronin. We thought that Indiana would go after Beard. Um, so that, that'll that be that'll be kind of a Bing. question. Well, um. Um, why, why, why would I know you don't? I'm with you, answers, but it's like, We've I don't, I don't, this. right? We, we don't know why Indiana didn't go after Chris Beard. Um, I, I said this to you, I think, yesterday, the day before. Um, uh, there's something floating around that is hurting Chris Beard with some of these jobs. I don't know what it is, I don't understand it. You know how I feel about Chris Beard. Um, I, I think he, he's, I talked to Kevin Durant yesterday about it. Now, Kevin Durant wants like Royal Ivy. And and he, he said, I, I want it in the family. I said, Well, you know, Chris Beard like went to school at Texas, right? I know he's not like part of your Texas family, the NBA Texas family, but this guy did go to Texas. And I think that's why ultimately Chris Beard takes the job if it's offered to him with the right terms. It's 
you know, he, he was a, he was a student in Texas and he understands too, like in Lubbock, it's difficult to get some of these. He's done it. He got an all McDonald's all American and Amari Burnett, but it's difficult to get those guys where at Texas, it's a whole lot easier to be able to fight for a top 25 recruit uh, for the top transfers. He's been able to do it only because of his success in Lubbock, but can you continue that success and have a chance to win national titles? That's what drives Chris Beard. He wants to win national titles. And I think in his mind, ultimately the decision will come down to, it's going to be easier for me to be able to accomplish that at Texas than it is at Texas Tech. Yeah, and it also this also brings up a little bit of a point that I made about Indiana um, in a column I wrote yesterday, in that uh, when, when Marquette – when I got fired Wojo, they had a very clear plan for what they wanted to do. They were going to go after Porter Moser, and if they couldn't lock something down quickly, Porter Moser, they had a fallback plan with, with Shaka Smart. Now, honestly, I don't even know if Shaka was necessarily the fallback plan, but they had very two they had two very clear targets that were both pretty easily attainable for them to be able to get, right? Whereas Indiana's plan was uh, we're going to fire Archie, and then we don't really know. It's been 11 days. Um, the only info that we've really gotten out of it is uh, like there's been rumors about a bunch of former IU guys, and then they've tried to get Brad Stevens and they tried to get Chris Holton. And to me, if you're going to make the if you're going to pull the trigger on Archie and you're going to make that decision when you make it, you have to have something better in place, knowing the day and age and knowing that fan base that you have. Because all that's going to happen is people are just going to start getting more and more anxious and more and more freaked out and more and more worried about uh, what the next step is going to be. So um, I don't I don't necessarily think that they were that Indiana was wrong for firing Archie. I don't even blame Indiana fans for having a certain level of expectations for their program. Like you, you should if you are yeah. you should want your team to be great, especially if you're Indiana, right? Yeah. Indiana basketball, the history and tradition. So I don't I don't blame them for it. And and look. I'm personally a believer that if you realize you've made the wrong hire, ripping off the Band-Aid and starting over sooner rather than later is probably the best thing to do. And I think it was pretty clear that, like, Archie, it just wasn't working at Indiana. So I don't I don't think the, – the only issue that I have with the entire process is that they made that decision and they didn't have a clear plan for what they were going to do. Because if they did, then Chris Beard wouldn't be – like, would, would already have said no. Would already have had – like, the, that already would have happened. They were already gone down yeah. that path. So I don't – I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Just it seems like they're kind of flying by the. No, they're the trying to. Yeah, I mean, listen, they tried. They went after Chris Holtman. Um, he he didn't take it, and and I know all the Indiana fans are thinking. Uh, it, it was amazing on Twitter yesterday when 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 I tweeted out and Greg Doyle, and, and there's probably nobody more plugged in in, in Indiana than Greg Doyle, and then Jeff Rabjohns uh, basically said Scott Dolson has not reached out to um, Chris Holtman. And I'm like, you know how many job searches I, I've done, Rob, in my career? You know how many I've had to cover, probably? And how many I've yeah. probably broken? Like, I think I know how this shit works. And, and, and it works that often – the reason that so many of them hire search firms is for plausible deniability. So if anybody asks and says, well, Scott Dolson, <clears throat> did you ever talk to Chris Holtman? Now, he didn't hire a search firm. But – you can have it through your senior associate AD. You can have it through one of your buddies who's an AD. Whatever it is, reach out and do all the work. So you can say, no, no, I never talked to Chris Holtman. Because at Indiana, they can't swing and keep missing, right? Then it looks like a clown show. And Scott Dolson knows how that looks for him. So he's got to try to go under the radar, especially 
when you're pursuing a, a fellow Big Ten coach, you got to be careful there. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think ultimately, again, I know ultimately that's how this shit works. It, it works with search firms uh, providing cover generally. That's why they're hired. They're not hired for the background checks for the most part. They're hired for cover. And, uh, and, and that's what happened here. So any Indiana fans who actually believe um, that nobody from Indiana reached out to nobody from Chris Holtman's camp and pursued him is naive and out of their mind. It happened. Yeah, it happened. Um, if I'm, I'll, the, I think the best way to phrase it is just, you know, the sources that you will trust, and I'm going to go ahead and, and trust what you have to say, and I'm, I'm going to trust what Greg I love Jeff Rab Johns. And, and let me say that. I love Rabbi. He's, he's one of the people I absolutely love in this business and have known him forever. Um, you know, but I think he, he it's semantics the way he wrote it. I, I'll say that. He's not wrong. Scott Dolson never reached out to Chris Holtman or his camp. He's right. He's right about that. There are plenty of other people that work with Scott Dolson or that he knows that could have reached out and said, hey, we, we really want Chris Holtman. We really want He's our guy. That's how it happens. All right. Um, before we get into today's slate, Goodman, we have a, one question in the chat that I want you to answer. Yeah, what do we got? Look at the screen. Look at the screen. Oh, Jock, it's free. Let's move on to today's slate. He probably thinks he is. Yeah, let's move on to today's slate. And, and kind did of you like my – before we move on to that, before we move on to that, did you take a look at my – <clears throat> top 10 craziest Twitter fan bases. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. That's going to be like a running thing for me. I like it. Like you got any problems with it? Uh, just no. I, I just Indiana moved way up. Indiana, Kentucky, I think is unreachable. I think they're clearly number one. I'm not sure anybody can ever catch Kentucky. NC state, a close, like not a close second, but they're second. I think they're firmly entrenched. Indiana, Moves up this past week. I mean, from off the board to number three overall. And uh, Illinois, yeah, Illinois, Michigan. You got some Virginia this year? You would have Virginia probably even higher maybe? Uh, yeah, Virginia. Um, Wisconsin needs to be on that list. Um, I think Marquette yeah, does need well, to be on the list. Although Marquette needs to be on the list. Um, yeah, Syracuse fans need to be on the list. Uh We've had See, we've had we've had, one, we've had one of them on the show. <laughs> it's who you pissed off. A lot of it is who you pissed off, and I really haven't pissed off Syracuse in a long time. You know, I haven't pissed off Marquette in a long time. Like, there's just cer- certain fan bases that that I've actually been okay with for for the last few years. All right, can we talk about today's games now? Are we allowed yeah, let's to do it? Let's do, it. Allowed, do you have any other Do you have any other lists that you need to need to go over? No, do you have I any more schedules? To- do you, do you want to tell us more about your schedule? Do you want to let us know like where you're going to go eat lunch today? Like the pizza you yeah, got last I, night? I what did, else you got? Uh, yeah, actually, I still got some. Uh, oh God, why did I even mention it? All right, I so fellas, I still got some good fellas. You want yeah, to see? Bad. How was? Night, how was it? It's good. I still you, got some. You didn't? Half of it left. I might, I might bring it with me to the games today. Oh my God! All right, so. Oregon State tips off against Loyola Chicago at 240. Today is the first game of the day. That line is Loyola minus seven. That total is 125. Jeffrey, what do you like there? Um, what are we at? Loyola, the first game. I like Loyola. Yep. I, I, I just think Oregon State has played their ass off lately. 
and, and really shot the hell out of the ball the last what's last four or five games. I think they're shooting. Uh, I don't know out of their minds. I don't know what the the numbers are. Forty five percent. I think forty five percent from three over the last couple games here. Um, limiting their opponents to thirty one percent from the field. They've been awesome in the tournament. Um, I just don't. I just think. Listen, I think Loyola's defense uh, has traveled. It's been great, not not just this year, but for years now. I think Oregon State's uh, run ends here. I think it ends here. Yeah, I do yes, too. Sean, um, Sean, quick, quick thought, just quick thought, because Sean's killing me in the chat here. Um, and, and you're right, I, Sean. You're absolutely right. I didn't think Juwan Howard was going to be great. I didn't, and we've been through this a little bit. Juwan Howard, to me, uh, again, is the outlier. The outlier among former NBA players who's made $100 million. He's done a great job. He brought in a great staff, and that was a big part of it. He also inherited a really good point guard in Xavier Simpson and a solid big man in John Teske, and he's got the Michigan brand. So he's a little different. I was absolutely wrong, but I think Ed Cooley would have done a good job there too. Anyway, sorry, Rob. Are you done? (laughs) Yes, I'm done. I'm done. Thank you. Oh, man. All right, so – Here's the thing. I expect this to be a really, really low scoring game. Uh, both of these teams play um, at a pace that ranks outside the top 300. Both of them have an average offensive uh, length of possession that's outside the top 300. Both of those sets are via Kempom. And um, Loyola is a very, very, very good defensive team. And while uh, Oregon State is not as good, uh, they do have the pieces to be able to kind of slow down the things that Loyola wants. Like Loyola doesn't have great one on one players. They basically they beat with their system, um, and their system is very often like getting Cameron with the ball in the high post, letting him make passes, running them out off of uh, running people off of DHOs involving him. Like all their offense runs through Prowick, so yep. Yep. Um, it's not like this. Neither of these teams are going to run you off the floor. So I think the under is very much in play, and that kind of makes me want to be on Oregon State in this spot because I think seven points in a game that I expect to be played in the fifties is a lot of points. So I'll be on the under here. Um, I probably lean towards Oregon State, but I don't think that I'm going to end up touching the, the line in this one. But I, I think the under is the play. And at Bet yeah, Rivers I'm, right now, the total is 125. Wow. Boy. It's low. I love it's low, I know. Yeah, you think? I don't know if I love it's that. But, um, I, 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 again, I would go a little Chicago here. But you're, you're right. I mean, it could be one of those games where, you know, Oregon State keeps it close. I just think – as long as like Loyal is making enough shots, and and I think Braden Norris is going to be huge for that. Like, can he make threes? Because um, Crutwig, I think, will 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 be able to score in the in the post. He's just so hard to guard, man. Like, you can't speed him up. I mean, if you saw him down the YMCA, you wouldn't be surprised at all. Like, you'd be like, honestly, if you're picking guys down the YMCA, you might not even pick Crut number one. Hmm. Well, he is six eight, so that's probably why you would take him number one. But exactly, um, exactly. yeah, that's true. Yeah, very so, true. So I, I, I know. And look, everyone in the chat is saying that's a low number. Yes, I know that's a very low number, but uh, so low, but so low. But I, I, I do. I, I think this game's gonna get played in the fifties. I, I do not expect to see a lot of scoring. Remember when uh, we saw Loyola play Illinois, who is miles better than um, than Oregon State offensively yeah. that has all Americans and that game and, and Illinois wants to play fast and that game ended up at uh at with a total of 129 
So, you know, you, you, you take out some of the, the, the factor of pace and you take out some of the factor that Illinois can actually play. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I think the under is the play there. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It is what it is. All right. Next up, we have uh, Villanova and Baylor. Baylor is laying seven and a half. The total there is 142. That game tips off at 515. Jeffrey, what do you like there? I really like Baylor. I really like Baylor. I've said this all week. I, I just think this is one that, you know, Villanova was so good from three uh, against North Texas. You know, they've got good players, but I, I just think eventually you get exposed without a high, high-level point guard. I know they can run their stuff through Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and he is awesome. Absolutely awesome in every way. I, I think he needs to be more aggressive in this game. But again, what Baylor can do with Jeremiah Robinson Earl is they can throw completely different looks at him with bigs, mm-hmm. right? They can throw a uh, flow at him. They got uh, everyday John. And then I think the best matchup for him, if I'm Scott Drew, is how long does it take before you go with Mark Vidal and just say, hey, man, just beast this dude. Just beast him, um, provide toughness. And again, Vidal's so strong and so quick and so athletic. We've seen it. Like Mark Vidal at his best, Rob, might be – I mean, he's a top three defensive player, right? Top three. Yeah, and he's also a really bad matchup for for Jeremiah Robinson Earl in this spot because um, I think where where Villanova has been running their offense, been running Jeremiah Robinson Earl their offense through Jeremiah Robinson Earl is kind of in the high post, seventeen feet like the the mid post and seventeen feet away from the basket, and just kind of letting him square up, face up, and make a move. Um, and since he's such a good passer and he's such a good playmaker and he can read the floor, it's kind of it's a little bit of a similar situation to what Loyola does with Cam Crutwick. Now, the difference is that a lot of what Robinson Earl does is is more um, being aggressive and playing off the dribble, and that's not going to work against Vital. It's just not. Like, he's not going to be able to get around. Mark Vital stays in front of point guards. He's going to be able to keep uh, JRE in front of him. Yes. And he's also, like, he's so strong. Like, I just don't think that, that, that JRE is going to be able to back him down because of how high his center of gravity is. So um, I think that Mark Vital is just – it's the worst possible one-on-one matchup for JRE that's left in this tournament. And if Villanova's not able to run the offense through JRE, I just don't know where the creative outlet's going to be. And, um, I mean, look, you're probably going to have Davion Mitchell and Justin Moore. Like, what is he going to be able to do with Justin Moore on him? You're probably going to end up having um, like Jared Butler on Caleb Daniels. What's Caleb Daniels going to be able to do with Jared Butler on him? So it's, it's, there's, there's just difficult matchups everywhere on the floor. For Villanova, I don't know where the offense is going to come from. I will say this, though. Um, the one thing that makes me a little bit hesitant to, to go all in on Baylor in this spot is that I fully expect Villanova to turn this into a 60-possession game. And if this is a 60-possession game with a team that shoots a ton of threes, it, it's very possible that Villanova can shoot 15 for 30 from three in this game, despite how, how contested those threes could end up being. And I think Jay Wright is smart enough to understand that the way for him to win this game is to embrace the variance, lower number of possessions, and um, try to find a way to get hot on a night when Baylor isn't hot. And that kind of worries me when the spread is seven and a half points. So uh, that's that's it's the, the reason what the it, I was much more confident on this earlier in the week before I kind of thought about it and the line kind of moved towards Baylor a little bit. So. Um, yeah, it is what it is, but uh, I, I, I'm not. Don't bet the bank account on Baylor, Andrew. Please don't bet the bank account on Baylor. Um, yeah, it is what it is. So, uh, 
I think that's all I have. You got anything else in this matchup? Um, no, I, I think we've said it. You know, again, I, I just think Baylor's defense has gotten better and better and better over the last few weeks, and and that's the key for Baylor. Like they can, they can, they also know they beat Villanova last year. It was the beginning of the mm-hmm. year. I know the teams are different, but I still think there's something about that, right? The Villanova brand is so strong lately that I think I'm not saying their teams are intimidated by them, but I, I think. Again, Baylor's not intimidated by anybody. I mean, they, they believe they're the best team in the country. So, yeah, I, I, again, I like Baylor in this one. I, I, I think if I'm Baylor, if, if Chris Archie Diakono is in the game, I, I'm, I'm going after her. I'm going after her. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, we have Oral Roberts, Oral, Roberts, Oral Roberts in Arkansas. Arkansas is laying at 11 and a half. The total there is 157.5. Um, what do you like there? Oh boy, um, I, I want to say like the money line for Oral Roberts. I, I really do. I want to just say like maybe these dudes are that good. You know, maybe Asmus and O'Banner are that good that they can beat Arkansas. Like, is Arkansas that good, Rob? Like, they're good. They're good. Don't get me wrong. They're a good team. But like O'Banner, maybe this is just like the the, the ultimate Cinderella story right now. Um, but I, I don't think I can go that route. I, I think I'll take the points. I'll take the points and hope that Oral Roberts can kind of stick with them. Um, but I don't have a – this is not the one I have a strong feeling on at all today, at all. I I think that Arkansas is the play here. Um, I think that their athleticism can kind of over overwhelm Oral Roberts. And I've made this point before. But what Oral Roberts wants to do offensively is basically spread you out, put shooters in the corners and on the wings, and run like these high ball screens that are – 35 feet away from the basket and kind of force you to play two on two with uh, with Max Asmus and Kevin O'Banner. And that works when you go up against a team like Ohio State that is really, really bad defending ball screens. And that works when you go up against a Florida team that needs to have Kevin, Colin Castleton on the floor. I don't know if it works against uh, an Arkansas team that's going to play Justin Smith at the five. And Justin Smith, yeah. I think, can be effective in ball screens. Um, so uh, I think that Arkansas is the play. I think this is the the worst matchup for all Roberts. I will say this, though. Arkansas has shown a tendency all season long to get off to really slow starts. So while I will be on uh, Arkansas um, from, from the start, one thing that I am going to look for is uh, is is when, if Oral Roberts can get out to like a, a 10-2 lead or something like that, is to jump on an Arkansas live line because that's yeah. something that has been uh, very profitable so far um, this week. You got any take on the total there? It's 157.5. Not really. Not really. I, I don't. I, I mean, again, this is the one game I feel the worst about. I, I, like, with my heart, I'm going with Oral Roberts, but I just – I don't have a good feel on it. All right. Next up, we have six and a half. The total there is 141 against Syracuse. What do you like there? The Fighting Bayhimes. I mean, how, how can you go against Jim and Buddy? Like, how do you go against Buddy Buckets? You can't. You can't. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, Syracuse – I mean, uh, Houston – they're, they're so good on the glass. They're tough. They're hard. We know they're tougher. Um, I just I have a hard time betting against Syracuse. You know, I, I, I like the points. I kind of like the, the plus 230 on the money line, too. So I'm going to go Cuse and say that Buddy Buckets is going to – like, straight up talent, Rob. Do you think there's any difference between these two teams? Talent. Just talent. Syracuse probably has more. I – 
No, I think that Houston probably is a little bit more talented. Um, as as much as I like Buddy Behan and and yeah. Joe Girard, like, are you going to tell me that you think those guys are more talented than the Houston guards? I don't know. Buddy oh, Behan is very very good at at what he does, and right. he's a very Girard very good shooter. Girard is the key for me in this game. Like, if Joe Girard has one of those one for eleven games with like six turnovers, then yeah, they're in trouble. Like he's got to well, be able to handle their toughness. So there, there's two reasons why I don't I don't love Syracuse in this spot. Um, the first is that Houston has seen zone before. Um, there's a couple teams in the American that play zone, uh, and they rank 70th in the 70th percentile nationally in points per possession against a zone defense. Uh, to put that into context, when we were all in on West Virginia, West Virginia ranks in the 15th, one five, 15th percentile nationally. Um, against zone defenses. So uh, I, I think that Houston will be more prepared and more used to playing against the zone than West Virginia was. The other part of it is that Houston is the second best offensive rebounding team in college football. They get 39.2% of their misses. Syracuse is the worst defensive rebounding team in the NCAA tournament. Out of the field of 68, they were the worst. And that's just a, a very, very difficult matchup for anybody. And uh, so I, I think that Houston, in for me is probably going to be the play, but I really don't have a great feel on this one. Um, the only action I have on them right now is, is a money line parlay involving Houston, uh, and I probably I, I don't know if I'm going to do more than that. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the other thing I probably like here is the under 141. Uh, I'll go I'll go under. I'll go Q's and just say that you know what, uh, it's going to come down to a, a we haven't had a buzzer beater. We still haven't had a true buzzer beater. Um, we've you know, we we haven't had a lot of close games in that last that last uh, second round day. There, there weren't a lot of close games, so I think maybe you're going to get a few of those today. I'm going to bet that Syracuse Houston is one of those, and even if Houston wins, it comes down to the end and Syracuse covers. And, and I think it's a low scoring game. Yeah, I agree. Um, you got anything else? Uh, not on that game. Let's move to Creighton Gonzaga. I got to get. Listen, after this, I got to get showered. I'm why, are we, why are we? Why are we doing? Why are we doing Creighton Gonzaga today? Uh, we'll do it tomorrow. All right, because we're gonna break yeah, we'll down. Do That's fine. We can break down today's games and and spend some time on tomorrow's games. That's fine. We'll do that. We'll do that. Good call. Good call, Bobby. Yep. All right. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Later.